Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by The Book Guide. People are pouring their first cups of coffee, reading the front page of the Nantucket Standard. The 35 women who will be getting married today open their eyes and experience varying degrees of anticipation and anxiety. Contractors pull into Marine Home Center because they have punch lists that need to be completed yesterday. The summer people are arriving. They want their homes up and running. Charter fishing boats motor out of the harbor. The first batch of sugar donuts is pulled from the oven at the Downy Flake. And oh, the scent. Martha sighs. Nantucket isn't heaven, but it is heaven on earth. However, she isn't here to sightsee. She's here to collect a soul. The pinned location on Martha's map is Kingsley Road, almost at the intersection of Madiket, but not quite. Martha arrives with a full 30 seconds to spare, giving her a chance to inhale the heady fragrance of the lilacs that are in full bloom below. There's a dark-haired woman with fantastic legs jogging down the road, singing along to her music, but the rest of Kingsley is quite sleepy. Fifteen seconds, ten seconds, five seconds. Martha double-checks her coordinates. It says she's in the right place. In the time that Martha takes her gaze off the road, tragedy strikes. It happens quickly, the literal blink of an eye. Martha winces. What a pity. All right, Martha thinks. Time to get to work. Vivi. It's a beautiful June day, the kind that Vivi writes about. In fact, all 13 of Vivian Howe's novels, Beach Reads set on Nantucket, start in June. Vivi has never considered changing this habit because June on Nantucket is when things begin. The summer is a newborn. It's still innocent, pristine, a blank page. At a few minutes past seven, Vivi is ready for her run. She takes the same route she's taken ever since she moved into Money Pit ten years ago, after her divorce, down her dirt road, Kingsley, to the Madiket Road bike path. The path goes all the way to the beach, though Vivi hasn't made it that far in years, her hips. Also, she doesn't have time. Vivi is agitated despite the sunshine the bluebird sky, and the luscious bloom of the peonies in her cutting garden. The night before, Vivi's daughter Willa called to say that she's pregnant again. This marks Willa's fourth pregnancy since last June, which was when she and Rip got married. Oh, Willie, Vivi said. Yay, hooray, good, good news. How far along are you? Six weeks, Willa said. Still very, very early, Vivi thinks. Willa basically just missed her period. You took a test? Yes, mother. More than one? Two, Willa said. The first was inconclusive. The second had two lines. What Vivi did not say was, don't get your hopes up. Willa had miscarried three times. The first pregnancy had progressed to 15 weeks. Willa started bleeding while she was giving a tour of the Hadwin House to a group of VIPs from the governor's office. She ran out on the tour and drove herself to the hospital. It was a horrible day.
the most physically painful and difficult of the three miscarriages, though after the third, Willa became convinced there was a problem. A thorough examination at the Brigham and Women's Fertility Clinic in Boston, however, showed nothing wrong. Willa was a healthy 24-year-old. She had no problem getting pregnant. If Rip even looked at her, she conceived. Privately, Vivi suspected the miscarriages had something to do with Willa's type A personality, which Vivi and her ex-husband, JP, used to call her type A-plus personality, because regular A's were never good enough for Willa. If this doesn't work out, why don't you and Rip take a break? You're so young. You have years and years, decades even, to conceive. What's the rush? Predictably, Willa had become defensive. What makes you think this won't work out? Do you think I'm a failure? You succeed at everything you do, Vivi said. I just think your body might benefit from a rest. I'm pregnant, Mama, Willa said.